0: All wearing blue today. That must mean that the Blues are getting ready to uh, start their season with new captain Braden Shin.
1: The first preseason game is this Saturday.
0: Woohoo! Well, I'm going to the... be at, at our other guests' show
1: in just a moment. We will talk to Paul Hibbard from Hysteria Fest around minute twenty-five. Joe Hanerhan talking about. Professor Sunshine's traveling post-apocalyptic rock and roll revival. Then around minute 41, we'll start talking about dumb money, but then we'll get distracted around minute 43 about winning time in Yellowstone and the saint of second chances around minute 49. And then we'll get back into more dumb money. And then around minute 57, a million miles away.
0: Today, on the first day of fall, some people say, we're going to have Paul Hubbard who what better way to usher in fall than to talk about a horror movie festival. So, Hey Paul.
2: Hey, how are you doing?
0: Good. We're so happy to talk to you for the second year of Mm -hmm. hysteria fest because the first one went so well.
2: Yeah. It's sold out and we're, we're, we're expanding. We're moving from two days to five days with this one.
0: That is impressive. So where did these films come from?
2: Um, so, they came from a mixture of some submissions we I opened up last year. We had no submissions. We didn't open up for submissions. All that we did last year is my film. Um, Some visitors played at some uh, festivals like Panic Fest, and I would go to these festivals and ask filmmakers if they wanted to play alongside with me, and they said yes, and then I grabbed some local films too, and it didn't really become a festival until I realized I had all these movies together, and I said, I guess I'm running a festival. Then we called it Hysteria Fest, and the whole thing sold out, and the media covered it, so we were excited about it. So this year we opened up for um, submissions, but I also, we didn't get enough. So I had to also go and curate some films. Um, But that was actually pretty easy because some visitors was kept getting into like these huge festivals. And when you get into these festivals, there's a lot of like connection pages that they put you on and like Facebook, like private pages. And I would just reach out to filmmakers or filmmakers would reach out to me and they would be like, whoa, we saw, I saw some visitors. That movie's crazy. And then I would say, well, um, I started the festival with it, and I loved your movie too. Do you want to play alongside with mine? So it's a mix between films that that connection kind of brought in, and also uh, some movies that were submitted to that were really great. Well you, this st- is
1: it- you told you told your secret you should have kept that secret to yourself <laughs> I should have
0: okay, so October eighteenth through twenty two is mm-hmm. that correct
2: through the twenty second yes and it said the am I saying this right? The Arcaden.
0: Ar- Ar- Arcadian.
2: It's it's Arcadian is how it's actually pronounced, but they it's you know they, they play that trailer beforehand where they kind of joke about the ways to pronounce it. So they're yeah. used to people pronouncing it in all kinds of ways. So Arcadian's the correct way, but any way you pronounce it it's fine.
0: And it's from an Arson Wells film, so if you want to know mm-hmm. where, where is that. And it's deeply entrenched in South City right next to the Chrome uh near the Chrome bar, right? Yeah.
2: It's right next to Heavy Anchor. So it's right uh in that that area of Bevo Mill. And um yeah, so we're we're doing it for five days. We we got some great films playing. Um and this year, along with like the best movies from like the festival circuit we're playing, we're also doing a retrospective of the French extremity movement, which was like this highly um political highly violent uh movement that happened in france from like 2002 to like 2010 so uh the the f- closing night film is a movie called martyrs have either of you seen martyrs i have not uh, okay martyrs is one of the most disturbing one of the most violent films ever it's also considered one of the most political and smartest movies too so it's just kind of like this like mix between an intellectually violent film and that is sort of like the tone i kind of wanted to start with hysteria fest because you know my film i i I think lynn i think you've seen it my film is very violent and it's very divisive and it you know it's set a tone and it kind of got a reaction in St. Louis from the beginning. We, we had crew members who quit the film because of what happens in it. And, uh, but on the same hand, it went to all these huge festivals. It played like Houston, Houston, Horror, one of the biggest festivals in North America. So I saw like this market and I wanted to bring that market to St. Louis. So to kind of sticking with my word, I wanted to bring uh, films like martyrs that are very violent and very political here Our Saturday Saturday Night Movie is a movie called T-Blockers. And it is, at the beginning, the title card says a trans and queer film. So it's just like in your face from the beginning. This is political. This is what this movie is about. It feels like Greg Araki directed Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Hmm. It's by a 19-year-old trans. Australian filmmaker, and she is killing it now. She makes about a movie a year and they, they go to all the huge festivals. And I had the connection with her because my composer for some visitors composes her films too. So that was the connection. And so that's our Saturday night movie, T blockers, a queer and trans film. And she's going to be joining us afterwards for a Q and a. So I, I yeah.
0: wondered what uh, French extremities meant. Cause you put a joke in there in the press release and I was like, I don't understand. So thank you for explaining that, <laughs> but yes. how, uh, how okay. So you've been on this horror movie circuit for quite a while and i'm intrigued by the growing number of horror festivals
2: Mm -hmm. yeah there are quite a few horror is one of the genres that can have it can sustain its own festival because a lot of times the subject matter just brings people out a lot of other festivals if you do like a drama festival or something like that sometimes you need stars and there's something else you need to catch but horror kind of has like a built-in audience so because of that, there are a lot of horror festivals that pop up, you know, some are bigger and more prestigious than others. Um, you know, some of them are great. Some of them bring celebrities out. So some visitors have played at some festivals where celebrities have been there where the media covers and then some of them are kind of like smaller festivals that are just kind of startups you know mine's a recent startup too and uh those are just kind of just kind of regional horror films that just uh regional horror festivals that just uh bring films there and the people come out and those are awesome too i've gone to a few of those so yeah the horror festival circuit's strong and it's it's great What
1: I like about your festival is you tell everybody what movie is playing at what time, because a lot of people they just list them and you don't know what you're getting. A lot of people just say, oh, this is a short film segment. You actually spell out. And I appreciate the (sighs) fact that you are like giving a play by play of actually what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, putting it together is just so much fun and just finding themes and everything throughout it has is, is been a blast. And honestly, not I mean, I, I do like being a filmmaker, but putting this festival together has given me more joy <laughs> than making a film has in years. And you, so- you're organized. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just being get the, getting to be all nerdy, organized like that has been a lot of fun. And, you know, when I first made my movie, Some Visitors, I didn't know what was going to come of it. I don't know if it was going to turn into a feature or what. And this festival has, is what has come of it so far. And I'm it's the happiest thing that could have come from it, I think. So have you
1: watched every
2: film that's going to be in your festival? I have. We've watched every film. I've watched every single one, and now I'm going to start rewatching all of them. Because the first time I just watched them, along with all the other submissions, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there was a ton of movies I had to watch. So I watched well, all. Well, I was going to say, you, then you not know where to place them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for the most part, I watched them to see the quality, see how, see how it plays, just see if it was good enough to be in the fest. And now I'm going to rewatch them all. And to help promote them, to like write reviews for them and to uh, to really give people an idea of what they're watching. So <laughs> th- there are some bad festivals I've gone to with mine. Th- there is one recent I won't name what the festival was, but there was one recently where you could just tell the person who ran it hadn't seen the movies when he was reading off the titles before he was like caught off guard by some of the titles. <laughs> and uh, I was oh, like, we're, we're running this. Yeah. So. So there are definitely some bad ones. But yeah, in terms of like being organized and just being a film nerd, that is uh, that, that's my thing. So to be able to play these movies.
1: Well, besides Martyrs and some of the other films, do you have any favorites or did you make sure that your favorites were always
2: the closing film of the evening? Um, my the closing films of the evening are some of my favorites but they're also the most prestigious. So when you look at the schedule, when you see T-blockers and you see um once in future smash that closes Friday night. Those movies along with things some of my favorites, they have played at the huge festivals. So they have played at like Fright Fest and stuff and stuff like that. They're more We're- prestige yeah, they they have a track record. Those are ones that I reached out and I was like, "Can I please play your movie?" <laughs> that was one. That those are the movies that the filmmakers are doing me a favor. <laughs>
1: you you worked hard to get those movies, so you want to put them in a good slot.
2: Yeah, so so they're in the top uh, slot. But there are some other ones. There's one that I really want to promote. It plays 6 p.m. on Saturday, so it plays. Uh, right before T-Blockers, and that's called Plantasma. And that is a body horror um, film that was shot over COVID. And it's about a woman who wants to do something over COVID she's in quarantine and so she gets a plant and she gets so obsessed with it that the plant starts growing pieces out of her and body horror just really messes with me and that was one that I was watching and I was like oh this is this is messing with me and I wrote the director and he hasn't had a premiere yet so so what I love about this is along with like all these movies that have played at these huge festivals I have my own premiere too So 6 p.m. on Saturday nights, Plantasma, that one come out for the premiere of that one. And that one's just like 100 percent me. And that one was sent to me. I watched. it. I loved it. And it's the premiere. Well,
3: very Um, good. Um, Yeah.
2: So some of these uh, shorts are outstanding, too. Uh, My I won't say my favorite because every uh, block has great movies, but uh, there's one that I'm really promoting. It's called Action and Gore. And it's 6 p.m. Sunday. (laughs) And that one is that's a great title. Yeah, and it started by this. Um, the first uh, short that we have, it's going to have an introduction. Her name's Kelsey Bolig, and she's a filmmaker out of Los Angeles. And uh, she has, since she made this movie two years ago, she's her stardom's kind of exploded. She's doing a movie now that Adam McKay is producing, and uh, but oh. she, yeah, she made a movie in 2019. It's called Kickstart My Heart. It'll be opening the 6 p.m. slot, and it's a true story because she was hit by a car in 2018 when she was running. And she was in a, a coma for a while. Like her in real life, she was in a coma and she was fighting. She could feel herself fighting to survive. Obviously, she she survived. So she made a movie about a character who's essentially her, who is hit by a car. And then the movie's about a 15-minute film of her stuck in a room fighting demons to get out, and it's the only way she can survive. And it is phenomenal. It's exciting. It's bloody, and it it'll make you cry at the end too. So. Do you see any of these shorts uh, developing into features? I think that one definitely can. Uh, the one that McKay is producing for is a different one um, that I think is a little more of a comedy bent, which is his thing. But that one I can definitely see turning into a feature. And, uh, yeah, there's a, a couple other ones, too, that could I, I could see. So are
0: uh, more women getting involved in directing horror films?
2: Yes, Um I would say the mix this year is about maybe fifty five percent male, forty five percent female. that's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, it's it become. I mean, I mean horror. I hate that horror still gets looked down at sometimes because horror kind of stepped up as the most political genre during you know since two thousand sixteen. You know, it was all kind of started by um uh, by um uh, Jordan Peele, and uh, people like followed his steps. So it kind of became this uh way for you know uh women and minorities to get out and be heard and because of that the landscape of horror has really changed and and i think Mm -hmm. the submissions that i've had have been kind of reflecting of that too so yeah we we got we got quite a few we got got a few from a couple trans filmmakers and um yeah we just we have all kinds of movies well
0: it's interesting trend are any of these filmmakers going to make an appearance
2: um Most of them will just do virtual Q&A. So the director of Plantasma and then Alice, um, the one in the T-Blockers, you know, she's Australian. So she's going to just do a virtual one um, afterwards. There are a couple um, filmmakers who are local who had their movies picked. Um, We're playing... I think two local films, they'll both be there. And there's one of the features I didn't realize that the producer was local. So we have a, a feature called Worst Late Plans. And uh, that one, play, that one's actually playing Haunted Garage also. And uh, that, that's the only crossover we have with Haunted Garage. But the producer of that, he'll be there as well.
0: And you're helping with Haunted Garage, are, are you not?
2: Yeah, well, Haunted Garage, uh, some visitors is playing there a couple times. And I've, you know, made made it clear to Frankie if you need me in any way I will be there and then uh next year we are moving to June so it's October this year next year we're going to move to June um kind of I kind of like summer horror festival some of the best horror festivals in the summer Mm -hmm. and plus my festival it's it's kind of like a it is a horror festival, but it's also sort of an underground festival. It's, like, it's kind of like a punk rock political festival. So it being in October isn't really necessary. So we're moving to June, and then October will be Haunted Garage. And, um, you know, that way I can go to both festivals and I can uh, help out any way the Haunted Garage needs as well. So it'll, it'll be cool to have two uh, festivals with kind of different objectives, uh, playing different films, but, you know, helping each other out and working off each other in, in the city. It's a smart that, idea yeah.
0: that is and we've had frankie on uh, the show before so we are happy to know both of you guys because you have a lot of and um, a lot of ideas and ambition and i just want to say some visitors is very well made mm-hmm. it's highly disturbing <laughs>
1: thank you i believe that <laughs> was the idea that was the idea.
0: Well, it is the idea, but it's highly disturbing. And so I'm just putting it out there. But uh, I like the house that you used. That was a cool house. Well, yeah, and, house and, and
2: so when I was going to send some visitors to Chris, uh, to um, the showcase, I was talking to Chris Clark and I was like, can this just play out of competition? And can I be on the jury? And he was like, you know, he's like, we usually don't do this. And I said to Chris, I was like. Dude, we can't let Lynn watch this movie. That is exactly <laughs> what I said to him, and he he was like, "Oh, she'll be fine." I was like, "Okay, if you say so." I was like, and, "I've and, heard and her Ro- say." <laughs> I, I was like, "I've heard her say much less violent movies are too violent." <laughs> so I, so. Well,
0: you know, it is the thing. But remember what I said to you. As soon as I saw it, I said, "Paul, we have to talk." <laughs> yeah,
2: I yeah, I, I'd love to talk to you in in person sometimes because. <laughs> Cause I would love, yeah, I don't want to ruin,
0: I don't want to ruin it because yeah, so the, the, you know, you, we
2: can't get into it because a lot of the violence happens in, in the spoiler territory of the movie. Right. Yeah. There's
0: a big, a big twist,
2: a big twist. Yes. Like I went to a one festival and the director told me that the movie was like, someone was pointing a shotgun at you for 17 minutes. And <laughs> then the shotgun went off, but it exploded. And I was like, <laughs> that's my favorite way you can describe my movie.
0: That is a good way to describe it. Yeah. That is a good way to describe it. I am um, uh, from, from uh, watching a lot of younger people's horror movies. Uh, I do like an interesting original point of view because Carl knows this with the plethora of horror movies out these days. Isn't it plethora? Yeah. <laughs> I, I it. know. It, <laughs> is. <laughs> it is. um there is this tendency to be derivative
2: mm-hmm.
0: just like after walking dead and twilight so many vampire and, zombie and zombies scripts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so many mm-hmm. and and derivative but a fresh point of view in the world of horror is actually very good and i think that's why get out was such a cultural touchstone mm-hmm. and halloween and jaws and the granddaddy of them all is now coming for a reboot the exorcist
2: yeah it's not
1: a reboot it's just it's a sequel
2: it's a a direct sequel sequel, ignoring the other sequels
1: not even exorcist 2 the heretic
2: no unfortunately we have to forget about that one
0: (laughs) which i have which i have except richard burton was in that right
1: yes yeah he
2: was and then
0: who's that one is a damien uh, sam neill is that the omen series yes becomes the president yep that's okay so that's the
1: that's the third one
0: (laughs) okay so there's that's that's, Omen.
1: that's that's just real life (laughs) that's the omen and then there's damien omen too and then the third one where he becomes the president
0: I wonder whatever happened to that kid, because that kid has to be so like, oh, my God, you were the most terrifying child. (laughs) (laughs) They they did have, you know, after Kubrick's um, the little kid, the red room, red, you know, red room, red room, red room, Room. shining.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Danny, that's a great one.
0: Yeah, they finally caught up with him sometime, you know, and that but that would have to mess with you.
2: Yeah, if I uh, before I run out of time, also one more thing I was going to promote is uh, September twenty ninth. Uh, we're doing something called Hysteria Fest Presents, so it's not part of the festival; it's a special screening. Okay, we're, and we're playing a movie called "Give Me an A," which is a movie about reproductive rights. It was after Roe was overturned. Seventeen different female filmmakers got together and decided to do an anthology of 17 short films, each one addressing reproductive rights. Some of them are dead serious and scary. Some are satirical and funny, but we're doing a screening on September 29th and all of the net proceeds goes to the Missouri Abortion Fund. So they will be there first and they're going to speak first and then we're going to play the movie and then we're going to do a Q&A with the filmmakers also. So it's kind of like a preview to the festival on September 29th. Well, well,
0: I'm glad the,
1: you said that. That's yeah. good. Is that gonna be at the Arcaden too?
2: Yep, that, that'll be there as well. Yeah.
1: Well, on their website, uh they have a whole section dedicated to Hysteria Fest 2023.
2: <laughs> do you have a separate website as well? We do, yeah, just uh hysteriafest.com. Everyone okay. can go take a look at that and it's what uh, we have all the movies posted there, too. Or if you just like go to on the uh, Facebook page, Hysteria Fest on Facebook, I, I I put a whole post organizing all the times, which I, I guess that's what you saw. So I, I try yes. to make it as, as perfectly organized. as also on Instagram. I'm pretty active on the Hysteria Fest page on Instagram. So I will constantly be doing updates and every day I'm reviewing a new film that we're playing. So it's all laid out. You'll know exactly everything that we're playing.
1: Well, what you should do is tell them the countdown to losing the early bird prices because right now you can get the early bird all access
2: for $50 but that will soon go away. Yeah, so we're still deciding when it to go should go away because we only have a few passes left and and so it's sold pretty well. But then it just like stopped. And we're just like, someone just buy the last four early bird passes. <laughs> so we're, we're just like keeping it laying out there for a few more days. But I think we're going to uh, put an end to that uh, probably. You know what? I- I'll say uh, I'll say September 29th, the day of my uh, screening for Give Me an A, will end the early day prices, the early bird prices that day. <laughs> Hopefully right. someone just buys the last four. And they're just sitting <laughs> there. which and, and like the individual tickets have been going well. So I'm sure it's just people who can't make it all five days. But right. uh, someone who can make it all five days Just buy those last four So we don't have to increase the price Please, please, oh, please do it And then oh, one more thing I keep forgetting things uh, October 21st also Along with the festival On the back lot of Arcadian, We're doing a horror flea market And the horror flea market Is going to have Deadly Prey They're a Ghanaian uh, m- horror movie uh, poster makers They're going to be there with their posters We're going to wow. have glam is going to be there she is a cruelty free cosmetic uh horror themed seller we're gonna have all kinds of vendors they're all horror oddity themed and i'm trying to get i probably shouldn't announce this i'm trying to get terra tacos to cater it that's not a definite though so don't don't 100 count on that but when that becomes a definite i will announce it on the socials that so, is
0: very that is very cool i've never yep. heard of that before
2: you're yes. having
1: fun with this
2: yeah, it, it it is a blast. And honestly, we're just trying to break even. So like all the money we've made with the submissions and tickets, I'm just throwing back into the festival. This is our growing year. And uh, we're just like throwing every enmity out for everybody to uh, enjoy. So the 21st is the day to come because we have all the movies inside and the horror fleam work on the outside, too. And just
1: think you'll have eight months to prepare for the next one.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a short <laughs> turnaround. Yeah, but eight months to to prepare for it. So, yeah, I promise these movies are great. Um, I've spent a lot of time uh, curating the best films and using my connections that I've had. And, you know, a lot of it, just to be honest, I've just picked off of like bigger film festivals. So <laughs> you don't even need the, You know, you don't even need like the Hysteria Fest stamp. If you look at the movies that we play, you can see all the huge horror festivals that they've played at. And you can trust them as much as us that we're playing some good stuff.
0: You have a lot of information about other film festivals. I will say that. Um, you also write for uh, our colleague Jim Tudor's website, mm-hmm. org. Is that correct?
2: Yep. yep, that is correct. Yep, all right there. And I'll be covering the whole festival on that page too. I well, should write It's October
1: more. 18th. And you can find out all the information at hysteriafest.com.
2: hysteriafest.com. But- yep, 18th to the 22nd.
0: And just a point, since you sat next to me for Past Lives at the High Point, it is now September 19th, available on Blu-ray and DVD.
2: I love that. It's still my number one movie of the year.
0: And video on demand. I know. I'm trying to get more people to see it, like Carl.
2: Yeah, I will see it. It's a masterpiece. You know, I watched Oppenheimer, and I loved it. I watched Barbie, and I loved it. But none of them can touch Past Lives. That's just my top movie of the year. So everybody watch that.
0: Well, always a delight to talk to you, Paul. And yeah. uh, thanks for coming by and, and uh, we will be in touch.
2: Absolutely. I'll come back again next year.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I will have a take 10 with Paul Hibbard on my website, com soon. Okay. Come let's get soon.
2: together and tell me, you can tell me how much you love my movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thanks, Carl. I appreciate it. There, are, there right.
0: are good things to like, especially the lead actress, Jackie Kelly. Yeah. And I think it doesn't, she have some big gigs coming up. Ah, uh, so. yeah,
2: she's always doing features. Yeah, she won, and for my movie, she won best actress at a horror, uh, the Houston Horror Film Festival. It's one of the biggest horror festivals. She she won for that. So, yeah,
1: congratulations. Thank you, don't thank
2: a, you.
0: Don't get a knife near her. Um,
2: yeah, she's she's crazy. No spoilers, Lynn. Oh, yeah, I know no that doesn't
0: it, that is so totally random. Doesn't mean yeah. anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks again, guys. See ya. Thanks, Paul. Bye. All right, I see you.
0: I will say I did leave Paul's movie as the last one I saw of the 59 that I watched for this, the St. Louis Filmmakers showcase, just because he warned me so much.
1: <laughs> and did it live up to the hype? Yes,
3: it did. <laughs> Joe, okay, are you, so, are you yeah. getting,
1: are you getting an apartment next to
3: blue strawberry? <laughs> no, no, but no, but I've got a regular table there.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Joe. Handrahan, who is also busy and was also in the St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase. Uh, This is um, a new show at Blue Strawberry, and the title is very intriguing. And Joe, we will let you go ahead and explain it.
3: Okay, the title is uh, Professor Sunshine's Traveling Post-Apocalyptic Rock and Roll Revival. And uh, the show uh, came from, uh, uh, you know, Kelly and Kelly Howe and I, who did the Linda Ronstadt show together at Blue Strawberry earlier this year, were aiming to do another show. Uh, they had an opening. They asked us to do something. Kelly generated it. Um, uh, unfortunately, earlier in the summer, her and her husband lost one of their best friends in a motorcycle accident in California. And that, um, that put Kelly in the frame of mind of, uh, you know, she, when we start talking about the show, she said, I want to do a show about Doom. And I want to sing, we got to get out of this place. And so the show was written around that. Uh, The show takes place here now in a maybe just slightly, um, you know, a future just a little bit ahead of us. Uh, But it's uh, we've taken inspiration from the traveling Wild West shows that would come into crazy little towns, uh, boom towns and crumbling towns and gold rush towns and bring bring entertainment. In this case, we're in the new Wild West in a crumbling dark world that uh, that needs uh, that needs some music and kind of the thrust of the show is kelly's uh, character in it she's lost somebody she's tired of the road she doesn't want to go on but throughout the show uh, uh, the, the 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 thrust is to uh, is to understand how important art is in our lives uh and how important it is uh, for the show to keep going no matter what well, neat.
0: well uh I look forward to it so what other kind of music is going to be in this
3: it's all rock and roll uh but it is uh it, it's not pop it's not easy hum along rock and roll it's some hard hard road songs uh everything from uh Bob Dylan to Led Zeppelin um, Touch of Beatles um Tom Petty Patti Smith some uh, hardcore rockers classic rocks rockers we have the same band um that backed us uh, for the um linda ronstadt show and so we are uh, we're, we're pretty uh you know looking forward to uh presenting this tonight
1: well you tease you teased this a couple months ago and that you were working on this what has changed in the process when you were thinking about this show now that it is actually coming to fruition
3: it was probably the the development uh, the full development of the script and the final songs you know uh, a, a, any new script is a living script and with constant changes and uh, and I, I i suspect from the last time i talked to you it's like we have found a way to uh, navigate i think through this show in terms of uh, a balance between presentation to a, an audience and some uh, back and forth between ourselves on uh, on, on how to uh, move forward in a in a challenging world with challenging lives.
0: What I like about the Blue Strawberry is it's a very intimate setting, but you're doing these cabarets that aren't exactly cabarets, but they are theater involved because I know some people who are working on shows with you coming up. So you develop a script and then how do, how does that work with the- Yeah, with we're, the-
3: and we're actually calling it cabaret theater because we do think it's a, a kind of a unique and odd hybrid. Um, you know, their the cabaret is always real. i you know, there's a performer presenting Sinatra songs or Stray songs or their own songs. It's all real stuff. And so was our first two efforts with Ronstadt and uh, Judy Garland. This one, though, is is fictional. It's a story, which I think is very unique uh, uh, for a um, for a, for a cabaret cabaret setting. And 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 you and it works really. Not not coming from a story or a script. It comes from a relationship with me and an artist, somebody who wants to do something, somebody I want to work with, and then uh, we develop the idea either on their obsession, their desire to do somebody, or in the case of some shows coming up, just here's some shows that I think would work for you and for us, and uh, so the concept is there, and then, uh, then you develop it from there. I mean, the cabaret theater hybrid really leaves you a, a lot of freedom for great music, and then a launching pad for a, a story. So far, we have found that um, uh, according to audience feedback that they've really enjoyed hearing, uh, you know, getting involved in a story uh, uh, along with hearing music there.
1: Well, I've the thing that has been going on with the shows that you've been helping out with and producing and directing and doing all the things at Blue Strawberry, uh, they keep getting encores like right now you're going to do this on Wednesday night and Saturday night. What is the chance of this expanding and going on for long? Cause just one look has been going on for a while now.
3: Just, yeah, yeah, March. just one. Just one. Look, we had 12 sold out performances. They kept adding. Um, I think there's a very good chance that we, we could only do two shows of this current one we're doing because both Kelly and I are involved in separate productions in October And so when, if this show comes back, it'll be some sporadic ones or later on. But uh, speaking of the Linda Ronstadt show, we're still alive. We're going to do a performance of that at the uh, city winery uh, Uh on November 22nd.
1: That's fantastic. That's a beautiful venue as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to that.
0: Well, that's really good. I think this one, this, uh, would uh, this uh, Professor Sunshine would be really good at Christmas time, and <laughs> that might seem odd, but I think that everything at Christmas is always so happy, 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 and for a lot of people, it's not.
3: Yeah, uh, so- I understand, and I, 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 in a way, you know, I, I I'm. It's a w- weird word, but I'm enjoying being in the middle of this this show. I mean, you know, we, outside of you know, some of the great stuff, all of us get to see and get involved in. It's a, it's a tough world out there with a lot of challenges, and a lot of problems, and we're we're kind of addressing that directly. We uh salute the audience uh, in different ways, several times throughout this show for it's hard out there living through these tough times, you know, and but you got to look beyond, you got to look to the good things. And, uh, and then we, some of our songs, I think help, help the endurance uh and, and help the grit that people have to have to kind of make it through these times while others maybe uh just um, look ahead with their, with their joy.
1: Well, Joe, yeah. I want to say, I love your aesthetic of, professor sunshine it's it's a fantastic look for you
3: <laughs> thanks 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 Thanks. Anna. uh yeah we uh we, the, the uh the actually the the costume I'm wearing uh for the show is uh is 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 a throwback it's it goes back years when we did a show called uh, the ballad of Jesse James and uh a handful of us were uh you know dressed as uh, 1870s outlaws complete with guns and um and uh, it's just uh, so fortunate to be able to bring that uh, costume and give it some more theatrical life
0: yeah and the band is always very good at blue strawberry too and one of the things that i like about blue strawberry is uh you will see all ages but also you don't expect the food to be as good as it is so yeah. make sure you count on having dinner or snacks or dessert when you're at blue strawberry, because it's definitely worth it to, to do that.
3: Yeah. The show, uh, show start, uh, I mean, like the Saturday night show when this uh, program will address, I think it starts at eight 30. So doors will open at least an hour earlier and gives you a good time to, uh, dine and be ready for the show.
1: Well, you can go to blue dot and find out more about that. So, Joe, tell us what's going on that you're doing in October.
3: In October, The Midnight Company is presenting uh, uh, William Goldman's The Lion in Winter. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, a classic film. I wouldn't say uh, it's a classic play because it was done a lot, but it hasn't been done much at all in recent years. It was a, a kind of an unsuccessful Broadway production. But then when they made it into a movie with Peter O'Toole and Catherine Hepburn, it kind of conquered the world. Uh, and it's a g- great story. It's a, as we've done some research. It's a dead, true story. I mean, the, the all the maneuverings and uh, what happens. It's, it's uh, King Henry II, the first Plantagenet, is in his castle in France because he owns England and half of France now, the biggest empire since Charlemagne. He's let his wife Eleanor of Aquitaine out of prison. He's kept her in the Salisbury Tower for 10 years, but he's going to let her out. And He's invited his three conniving, somewhat murderous sons who all want their hands on the throne to figure out how he can successfully pass on the the kingdom to one of his sons without inciting a ruinous civil war. At the same time, the King of France. Uh, a young king of France, he's just assumed the throne and he's come over uh, to the castle to uh, try to make sure that his uh, sister, a princess who has been in, the, uh, in Henry's care since she was seven years old and grew up to be Henry's mistress, will, as uh, according to the treaty they have, will marry one of his sons and become the queen of England. So, you know, if you've, uh, I'm sure some of you or some of your listeners have seen the TV show... Um, uh what was the what was the name of that show the brian Cox show with the uh succession. succession succession this is succession in 12th century france it's uh it's a family battles and it's a it's a strong drama but it is so witty too so funny yeah if you know the movie uh butch cassidy and the sundance kid that was written by uh william goldman who was uh, james goldman's brother the playwright and it's uh kind of fascinating to uh see the resemblance of the family humor in in both shows.
0: Well, you have a killer cast. So this is gonna be October 5th, uh, the weekends, uh, and then the next weekend. It's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the next weekend. And then it's uh, at the Dot Zach uh, Theater. And this cast is uh, among the finest of St. Louis's uh, professional theater people. It's LaVon Byers as the queen, and then the sons are Ryan Lawson Maskey, Joel Moses, and John Wolgers. Is that correct?
3: Correct, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, it'll run uh, three, three weekends, actually. The first two weekends, we have Sunday matinees, and then the final weekend, uh, 19th, 20th, 21st, will be Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Okay, and that's a Christmas show, too. It is. It is. It takes place. uh, It takes place as uh, at one point, uh, King Henry says, What shall we hang, the Holly or each other?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, Catherine Hepburn did win uh, an Oscar for that role. And uh, is is that the one where she tied? No, that that was the the year before. She tied for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with. barbara streisand's funny girl in 67 and then she won in in 68 and she tangled uh with uh peter o'toole
3: mm-hmm. yeah as the uh, king. o'toole was doing uh henry Second for the second time a few years earlier he had done the movie based on the play beckett with richard burton he played henry ii a young henry Second, in that and then this is a uh, older henry Second in line in winter
1: well it was five years later yeah
3: yeah <laughs> henry ii was younger than eleanor of aquitaine in the movie he was much younger and uh, the, the actors <laughs> O'Toole was much younger but he uh certainly did uh, his usual tremendous job in that movie oh yeah well uh it well
0: these these people are heavy hitters too i mean uh you have some uh heavy duty award winners there levon and uh Let's see, how many? Joel, got? Yeah, Joel won. Yeah, uh, and won Joel, yeah, Joel was two-time winner last year, and Levon's won, I'm pretty sure, two or three times.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, uh, of course, you, multi-hyphenate. Yeah. And then John Wolbers, we had him on with the Prison Performing Arts, Carl. Right, and, yes. Uh, and then Ryan Maskey, Lawson Maskey, he's done a, a, a lot of... Uh, they're also versatile. You've mm-hmm. got so many versatile because they're they're adept at comedy and they're adept at drama.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know the f- interesting thing about this, uh, both LaVon and I have done these roles before. I mean, our characters are in their fifties, sixties, but LaVon did it when she was twenty nine in graduate school, <laughs> as the graduate school would do. I did I did Henry when I was twenty one, in college. My teacher was uh, directing the play at a high school in Wichita, Kansas, where I went to school, because it has good roles for young boys if you want to cast them that young. And they (laughs) needed somebody with a beard. So I I stepped in as Henry, and it's such such fun to be able to play that kind of role at that age.
0: Yeah. So you just came off the Fringe Festival, The Humans. Uh Uh, What uh, did you, um, are there any plans to bring that
3: elsewhere? I think so. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. I worked real closely with Lindy Drew, who wrote the book, and uh. Uh. Lindy uh, is actually in Australia now, where she goes. She has friends there for a visit, so she'll be back. But I think when she gets back, where there's there's already been some interest and some uh, queries about doing it elsewhere, and I think there's a good chance we will.
0: Yeah, that was really entertaining, and and you won a special award uh, at uh, fringe. What, what the fringe. The
3: Fringe Spirit of the Fringe.
0: Yes, <laughs> and it was it was great. That cast was really good. It was all assorted St. Louisans.
3: Yeah, we had a wide variety. We had teachers and social workers and actors and three rappers. <laughs>
0: yeah, the guy Zeus is that his Zeus name? Rebel
3: Waters. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's really powerful. And then Joseph Garner, he,
3: yeah,
0: he's he's so good in everything. He's like that. He's like just this this uh, he's a life force. Let's put it like that.
3: He sure is. (laughs) He also makes donuts. (laughs) If you ever want, he makes what he calls some of the St. Louis best specialty donuts. So he's Uh, a a versatile guy.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, we had a chat because he grew up on the east side. So we had a chat. chat. Well, I was just talking to, well, we've talked to some of your other cast. You are so busy. I swear to God, you are. Well, always it's winding something-
3: down now. It's winding down. This yeah. is these these two shows it's a total of eight shows I've done this year. Not by plan, say- they just all kind of like popped up.
0: <laughs> I was going to say it's so crazy because last week we had Ashley Bauman on. Yes. From the years.
3: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: And she's in Renz. And then uh-huh. I saw Summer Bear at yeah. uh, the soccer play yeah. and uh, the games afoot. And uh, she was in the years and she said she's going to take a little break now.
3: Oh, good, good. <laughs> I hope to join her soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, hey, thanks very much for uh joining us and uh we uh have they changed the movie uh date for opening of Dumb Money from uh the, it was gonna open September ninth here but now it's opening Friday. So okay. that's the movie we're gonna talk about today, Carl, except yes. Carl was at Enterprise last night. I he? was
1: doing things to prepare for the blues season preseason opener on this Saturday.
0: So, But, but I think uh, dumb, money, not that you have time to go see a movie, but dumb money's <laughs> up your alley. Joe. I've, I've heard about it. I've heard it's good. Yeah. Paul Dano is really good. Oh yeah. I love him. And, yeah. You know, a year ago he was playing Spielberg's dad. Yeah. 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 Yes. And now he's playing this uh, everyman
3: uh, rebel. I, I especially liked him as uh, Brian Wilson in the uh, yes, Beach Boys movie. Yeah, yep. He sh- he should have been nominated for an Oscar
0: for that.
1: That was a fantastic role for him. Yeah. It
0: was, and I I don't know who I talked about this movie with somebody else a while ago about how good of movie Love and Mercy is.
3: Yeah, it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, The woman who's Elizabeth Banks. Was that the woman? She is part of that movie, too. Yeah. Yep.
0: Oh, so Paul Dano is worth the time. But also it's got an all-star cast. It's got a sharp script. Uh, It's from the book, The Anti-Social Network. And that guy (laughs) also wrote the book that The Social Network was made from, uh, Ben Mesere. And he, uh, interesting note about Dumb Money. Uh, when you're watching the credits at the end, it says produ- executive producers, Cameron Winklevoss, Tyler Winklevoss. The oh, wow. audience, Gas. Those are the Winklevoss the twins. twins. Yeah. Yeah. And they are
3: now movie producers. Say, <laughs> so, do you guys uh, ever talk about streaming? uh programs and events yes yes we yes do. We do. there's just one i want to recommend if you haven't touched it just because it just finished and it knocked me out so much that i w- went and found the book it's based on it's called winning time there's a max show about the los angeles lakers
0: it
1: yes,
3: just ended i
0: love it yes. i'm so behind i'm very behind
3: I just grabbed the book called Showtime, which was the original title, and they couldn't title the movie that because of the network. But uh, right. the book is just so in-depth and detailed. and I, I just thought they did an incredible job with that series. It's I read sports. an, I read an article.
1: Go ahead. I read an article today that said Showtime should pick it up for a third Season and call it Showtime.
3: they should they they it was surprised me that they wrapped it i didn't i was watching that eighth episode of season two and it's uh, a final episode oh no because i want to watch more and then they bring it all uh uh, why would you
1: end it on such a downer you know they lost that year why would you end it like that it seems it seems to me from everyone that i've talked to that has seen it it seems that the last three minutes was tacked on to make it not such a downer to actually wrap it up on a
3: high note. Yeah. They give a little, here's what happened to these folks in the future and this person, this person. So they, they wrap it up that way. But I, I think they captured the the height, the rise and start of the fall of what was like a really an amazing period that brought basketball back to life and made it a, a a force, a force in Los Angeles and, the, the person and the acting in that, and the people they found is just stunning. You know, the, the actors they found to resemble and play those uh, icon figures. Adrian Brody as Pat yeah. Riley. Yeah, he's fabulous. He's excellent.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, the whole the whole thing was so well put
3: together. Yeah. The guy who played Magic Johnson was yeah. really, really. I don't know where good. he came from, but he's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and they can play basketball too. How about the guy who played Larry Bird? <laughs> it's not easy to find somebody who looks like Larry Bird and can play.
0: <laughs> right, right. He he does not come across well. <laughs>
3: well, that, that was him, I think. <laughs> well, it, like it's Indiana. also it's
1: not a, it's not about the Celtics. It's about the Lakers. Yep. So, it's not going to make if it was about the Celtics, Larry Bird would look a whole lot better.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think they diminish him in it. They just make him kind of a. A country, uh, hardcore, uh, well, he, was, know, he was,
1: he uh, was the, he was the Indiana bumpkin.
3: Yep. Sure was. hmm Yeah.
0: So it, that's good. Well, uh, speaking of streaming, I took the plunge and watched Yellowstone. So now I have to now, continue. Now, hold that. on
1: a second. Did you watch it on CBS? Yes, I did. OK, so you are not really getting the Yellowstone experience. You are getting a sanitized version because that sex scene, there was a whole bunch of Beth Dutton nudity and she curses like a sailor sailor. So well, um, you're I think getting... I've
0: seen enough of Beth Dutton. <laughs> <laughs> I really well, do. The, pe- the
1: people that love Yellowstone love her character because she doesn't put up with anything. And you get that from the sanitized version, but you really get that from the Paramount network version.
3: There's okay. a there's a meme of whatever on Facebook they show over and over. You may have seen it where she's at a bar and then some woman comes up to her husband. He just grabs a bottle, walks up and, <laughs> and empties it on the uh, woman's head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, but what- what
0: um, is mystifying? I had to talk to two people who who are uh, watch it regularly, my sister and one of my good friends, because Taylor Sheridan just plunges you in the middle. It's like you're dropped in the deep end, and you don't know what's going on. So it's going to take a while to untangle all of this. And I just wanted to know yeah. the first was...
1: first two minutes, a horse gets shot in the head. <laughs>
0: i know but also oh the beauty you cannot deny the beauty of this oh montana
1: is beautiful
0: yeah and and the fact that the one son is telling his son about all the transplants yeah you know you see that whole thing but But, they
1: make good ice cream
0: (laughs) it it looked like it you know but uh what so I was just like okay who's this what's this why aren't they showing this why and and I had to get the whole backstory from my because you literally are just dropped into the middle of a story and a family it seems like
1: like there was more that CBS cut out at the beginning of that but I don't know if that's true or not because I don't have Paramount Network so the only way I can watch it is either paying for it or watching it sanitized on CBS
0: well fun fact it is actually streaming on Peacock.
1: Yeah, the first couple seasons are streaming on Peacock. What is that? This I is why know.
0: nobody can find anything. Once because.
1: again, our PSA for the day public service announcement justwatch.com tells you where everything is and how much or if you don't have to pay for it.
3: I look at that every day. I love that site.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's so helpful. Yeah. So very helpful. And then yeah, if you find out well there um you are a baseball fan, Joe and Carl. And yeah. so you will like this documentary that is now playing on Netflix called The Saint of Second Chances. And it is about the son of Bill Beck who is responsible for the ill-fated disco night at uh ah. White Sock Stadium and how he uh, was became the a joke, and he. This is his story of redemption, all because of disco night. <laughs> yeah, but they
1: couldn't. They couldn't play the second game of that doubleheader.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so it's his legacy. It's Bill. It's a Bill Vex legacy, and it's his son's legacy, and it's a very interesting, uh, in intriguing documentary.
1: Lynn, let's circle back to Dumb Money for a second. Um, I I didn't get to see it last night, and then you and Max both sent me messages separately about how I have to see this because it's been compared to The Big Short. Max says it's better than The Big Short, but he also compared it to another movie. He compared it to Vice. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I uh, I thought I thought of that uh, as well last night when I was uh, watching it. I was like, "Well, how does it
1: compare to Vice?" I don't understand that analogy.
0: I don't think it's as close to Vice as it is uh, definitely to The Big Short, but also The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. In an uh, in an odd way, because
1: it's also very simplified that all rich people are bad and all working class people are salt of the earth.
0: Right. It is that, uh, you know, obviously, where the sympathies lie from the get go. Basically, it's a revenge of the nerds tale that happened in real life, in real time during the uh, covid pandemic uh, year where we were pretty much isolated and this amateur trader who worked for a life insurance company mass mutual in brockton massachusetts he is in his basement wearing a cat t-shirt putting on a red samurai bandana and giving his uh, stock tips based on wall street it's on wall street bets on this reddit chat through youtube so he's down in his basement. He's telling everybody he thinks buying GameStop is a good idea. So this drives up the prices. Well,
1: it's because the hedge funds companies, the whole thing about the short squeeze, the hedge funds companies had shorted GameStop because they wanted GameStop to fail so they could make money. And this guy saw that and said, No, no, I love GameStop. I want this to do
0: well. Right. And uh the villains in this piece are Seth Rogan as Gabe Plotkin, who's so rich that when he has to do his testimony to Congress and they need to tape it, he has five advisors telling him that he can't be in front of his private wine collection. <laughs> and he was like, There's not that many bottles. And then they and then they're looking at his house and they're going, Too bright, too, too many windows. You mm-hmm. cannot, because it's beachfront property you cannot and so they're trying to make him look like a regular dude and failing and then uh nick offerman another plain against type is the head of citadel and he and griffin and griffin and uh to the to how much these clueless billionaires are they get involved with robin hood which is masterfully played by Sebastian Stan and uh, Rushi Koda as the two guys who founded uh, Robin Hood. And they are in way over their heads. And they caused this whole financial tumble. Well,
1: if you remember, they had to stop selling. Yes. they 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 closed down Wall Street for it.
0: Yes. Because it was
1: so, so disruptive.
0: Oh yeah, it was it was really crazy, and they come they come across very badly. And uh, this director Craig Gillespie, he made Itanya. He also
1: he he, Lars and the Real Girl.
0: Yes, and Pam and Tommy. So and Cruella. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's He's very very stylized. Yeah, he's got a very zippy style. This is very modern, you kids. Uh, will uh, uh, understand the millennial and g- Gen Z, Z aspect of all this. It's very fast paced. It's very fast cut. It's bold and brash, and the language is raw. The soundtrack is well. It's in Pete your
1: Davidson face. in it.
0: Yes, and Pete Davidson is actually hilarious as the doofus brother who delivers DoorDash and eats people's food as he- <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: And you're uh, laughing they're, thinking about it.
0: They're based on real people, uh, or composites of real people. So the basic is uh there's a whole lot of characters. Uh American Ferrara America Ferrara is a nurse. She's strapped for cash, single mom, two toddlers, uh these yeah, two but she, college she
1: makes girls. money off of these guys.
0: Yeah. These two to- uh these two college kids are you know deep in student debt they're putting their money in they have this really clever thing they tell everybody's net worth you know like -hmm. like for uh for i'm not sure if it's pete davidson's character or anthony ramos's character but they say 173 (laughs) dollars net worth 173 and then it's like uh then it's like you know one of the billionaires 6.8 billion
1: (laughs) who's uh vincent D'Onofrio?
0: He plays a guy named, uh, Cohen, Steve, Steve,
1: Steve Cohen,
0: Steve Cohen. I don't know who that is. He He owns the Mets. Okay. Oh, that's why he had a Mets cap on. Okay. He
1: owns the, he owns the New York Mets.
0: Okay. Well, well, he he hates, he he hates the billionaire dudes, but he's like one of them, (laughs) but he hates, he, he hates him.
1: He was a, he was a hedge fund manager.
0: Okay, that's why. And so that's
1: how I used the money to buy the Mets.
0: Okay. So basically, it's a David and Goliath tale. It's very entertaining. It really happened. And it's grounded in reality. And it's it's far funnier and livelier than you imagine. And it's an hour and 44 minutes, and it zips along. Cuts to the chase.
1: I do want to see it. And I'm glad we talked about these other movies, but Dumb Money is so good and getting so much buzz that they moved it up a week. So,
0: as well, they should. As well, they should, because what what else is there? I finally did see A Million Miles Away on Amazon about the real life astronaut, Jose Hernandez, who was a migrant (laughs) farm worker. And to this day, he is the only NASA flight engineer that grew up as a migrant farmer and his story it's a Michael Pena again wonderful Rosa Salazar she's great as the wife it's really good and I'm a NASA nerd so of course I'm gonna like it but it's it's it you know it really happens so it's just one of those dare to dream stories that's a feel good movie and you'll feel so much better after watching it.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank, thank you. you. And Joe. I'll be seeing you in very different forms. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, that'll be me. You are. <laughs> Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Carl.
0: Bye. Thank, thank you.
1: Joe. Thanks for coming. Nice to talk to you again.
3: <laughs> you too. Bye.
1: Well, Lynn, where can we find you on the social medias?
0: I am on all of them. And I am on KTRS Radio every Friday with Jennifer and Wendy at 8- 1108 a.m. And I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times. My review of dumb money will be in this week. And I am on our website poplifestl.com. And Carl, I'm so happy that that you're back and you're with us and you are just, you just do dive right back in. So where can we reach you?
1: You can hear me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show on 97.1 FM Talk. You can also hear me on the weekends on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors on 97.1 and KMOX. I'm on Twitter and threads and Instagram at underscore Carl, the intern I've been lax. I've not done anything on there during the summer. I promise that I will be doing stuff starting this weekend because hockey is back and I will be at enterprise center uh Saturday morning.
0: Well, if Twitter goes to all pay, I am out uh,
1: where, where, yeah, you'll be, you'll be threading
0: yeah well bye everybody stay safe keep uh, keep cool this is going to be a really fun fall I have a feeling and the symphony free concert Forest Park Thursday 7 I might be there up.
1: depending on my schedule my wife might uh, drag me to that again last year last year we got there in time to see Star Wars get played hopefully we'll get that again
0: well you're going to get Indiana Jones this time also
1: cool love that John, John Williams. Williams all the way yeah. All right, everybody, have a fun time. We'll talk next week. Bye.